Hi, this is Jordan Harris, and you're listening to History in the Making podcast. The Montreal Canadiens select. The Montreal Canadiens are proud to select. Yes, Barry Kotkanemi. Ryan Paling. Cole Caulfield. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another edition of History in the Making, the official Montreal Canadiens podcast focused on the future of the most successful organization in pro sports. Um, my name is Max Dumont. I'll be your host. This week, we have a very special guest, a Canadiens prospect, one of the most exciting prospects. So we have Jordan Harris coming up on the show a little bit later. A really fun interview. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about him, his teammates, Northeastern, the NCAA, and his future, uh, hopefully, in the NHL. History in the Making is brought to you by Tecalos Ball, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tecalos Ball has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tecalosball.com right now and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your offers. That goes for Jeff Petrie jerseys, who, let's, let's admit, Jeff Petrie, he's got to win a Norris here. So you could have an early Norris jersey from Jeff Petrie at tecalosball.com today. As we said, we'll be joined by Jordan Harris earlier, who's, who's having just a great NCAA season. If you watch him play, this is the kind of guy that um, when I spoke to his coach, he said, like, he's a well-rounded player, but don't get me wrong. Not just well-rounded in that he doesn't have any, you know, particular skill set. He is well-rounded in that he's excellent everywhere. So if you watch him play, he's that hybrid type of defenseman that uh, I think will do quite well in the NHL. So we get into that a little bit later. For now, uh, we're going to do... As per usual, a quick wrap-up of the prospects, and then we're going to go into our mailbag and straight into the interview with Jordan Harris, uh, who, who, who's formed, in my opinion, the, one of the most exciting prospect pools on defense that I've ever seen. Now, we talk about Romanov. He's already in the NHL, but you have Gouli, um, Norlander, and obviously Struble and Jordan Harris. So really exciting to get to talk to him and uh, stay tuned for that part of the episode. But first, let's take a look at those prospects. Cole Caulfield keeps scoring a ton. Um, a ton of points. And he's a favorite, in my opinion, for the Hobie Baker Award. He's, that's the best player in the NCAA. In my completely unbiased opinion, I think he should easily win it. Um, in my completely biased opinion, I think he should have already won it. So go vote for uh, Cole Caulfield right now. But if you watch him play, I mean, he's such a complete player right now. He knows that goalies are cheating towards him. So he's sending passes across the ice. He's creating a lot of offense. He's playing good defense. He's back checking. It's exactly what I want to see from Cole Caulfield. Sean Farrell is doing the same thing in the USHL. He's almost up to two points per game, which, which is ridiculous. Uh, he's got a ridiculous release as well, very similar to Cole Caulfield. It's got that Austin Matthews quality to it. So uh, I, my apologies for using a Leafs name in the, in the podcast, but uh, we all know that good shot. So it's similar to the Caulfield shot. It just has this fantastic release. It just jumps off their stick and uh, really doesn't give a goaltender any chance. So he's almost at two points per game, doing well alongside Michael Coronado, who should be a top 30 pick next year or at this draft. So it's always good to see him mesh well with elite players. Uh, to me, that's a sign of someone that can uh, eventually, the skill should be able to translate with uh, you know, good line weights. And finally, Luke Tuck, who I'm going to admit it here, when the Canadians drafted him, I was kind of, you know, I was kind of on the line. I'm like, okay, there's skill here. There's obviously the lineage. Uh, but from what I heard from some people, you know, they told me the offense was somewhat limited. Now, I hadn't had a chance to watch him a lot, so I kind of took that opinion but with a grain of salt. You have to watch him. I think those opinions, which I also adopted, were wrong. Um, from watching him play, he started uh, his career at NCAA career with Boston University. He's almost a point per game. But what's more exciting to me, by the way, almost a point per game, freshman, like great numbers. But 
What's exciting to me is that he's driving the play. So he's got that, he's got pretty good speed, I have to admit. Um, but he's creating turnovers. Uh, he's, he's opening up passing lanes. He's using his vision and uh, his positioning to really drive the play. He's not a passenger on a line, on a really good line. Really, you're seeing Luke Tuck is driving the offense. So for all intents and purposes, my early uh, impressions were wrong there. He's proving me wrong, which I love, love, love seeing. And the Luke Tuck, Luke Tuck off to a great, just fantastic start to his NCAA career. All right, let's go to the mailbag time. Don't forget, if you want your question answered on air, you can always tweet it at me on Twitter, Marc Pizmont, uh, or to the Canadian's Twitter account, um, or just yell it out in the sky. I might hear you if you're close enough to my district and NDG. Jesper Fan wants to know, what is my favorite Canadian's draft? I really like the draft where they got um, Pacioretty, Subban, and Ryan McDonough. I thought that was a really good draft. But I'd have to say more recently, um, and Amelia Maguire St. Orange was talking about this on Twitter, which is kind of why she's a really good analyst, by the way. If you go on Twitter, follow her. She, you know, she does a great job breaking down Canadians' prospects. But she was mentioning that, you know, you already have two guys in the NHL from that draft, which is, that's already beating the odds. If you can get a good player and a, like a depth player from one draft, it's a good draft. The Canadians already have a good player and a good player from that draft. So you have Kutkinemi and Romanov are already in the NHL. Like you're already, that's it. It's good. And then you have an outside shot with, uh, you know, Yelonen who, or sorry, I, I apologize for not pronouncing proper Yelonen, I believe. And Olofsson and Cam Hillis and Gorniak, even Brett Stapley has a chance to make it. So that draft could end up uh, being a really, really good one. I mean, it's already good. It could end up being great. And then the following year, um, you have Caulfield, uh, Norlander, um, Struble, Rafael Arvipinal. So, like, there's a lot of potential from those two drafts. So, I really liked the 18 and 19 uh, drafts. I like last year's draft as well, but those ones are already starting to produce some players, and that's pretty exciting. So, it just goes along with the whole revamp that the Canadians have been doing in terms of uh, getting players into the NHL a little quicker. We're seeing the results are starting to happen. Uh, we saw the work that Kokinami did in Laval. Like, that's, and it's been a direct path to improving in the NHL. So, so far, so good. Benny Boy 20 asks, what should we expect from the Laval Rocket this season? Okay, um, same thing as usual. Intense, intense hockey. There's one thing I love telling about people is I, you, you can tell who the new guy is in Laval because when they do drills, okay, when they do their wind sprints, the new guy is way at the back. And that's not an insult to them. It's just, it's like, hey, welcome to the, welcome to the real show here because it's intense. They practice the way they play. Now, they monitor the biometrics. So like they're not pushing these guys to points that is like exhaustion. But they have to be conditioned, very well conditioned. They have to listen at practice. They have to apply that in practice. So it ends up being a merit, uh, you know, by merit. You get ice time if you put the lessons into application. And that's exactly what you should expect from the Laval Rocket this year. So guys like Jan Misak, Kaden Gouli, um, Cam Hillis, who are all probably going to make their pro debut. Uh, debut. Debut. Uh, debut. That's not the right word, but they're going to start in the pros and uh, you know, I'm excited to see how well they listen because they're all really smart players and how well they put that into application. So expect a team that is intense, a lot of good veteran leadership, Xavier Wallet, one of the best in the league um, and a lot of talent up front. You can have uh, different goal scorers from whether it's coming from Bezil or Veilleux or Kevin Lynch even, or uh, Blandizi, Lucini, uh, you know, Dauphin, Laurent Dauphin. Like there's a lot of talent there, but look for a tight knit group that works hard. Their identity is that they're a meritocracy. So if you deserve that ice time, you're going to get it. doesn't matter who you are, uh, first round pick or not, throw it out the door. As long as you listen at practice, you will get ice time with the Laval Rocket. That's how Joel Bouchard and his coaches, um, you know, that's how they run the gamut. But so really fun team should be exciting. 
but hardworking will be their identity. That's it for our questions, but don't forget if you have any questions, you can send them to me on Twitter, Marc Piedmont uh, on Twitter or the Canadians, uh, Montreal Canadians Twitter account, use the hashtag Mark's Mailbag. We'll be right back with our guest, Jordan Harris. As you've seen, I'm sure you saw it on the ice uh, not too long ago. The Canes are wearing their blue retro jerseys. They are fantastic. I have to admit, I wasn't sure about the idea of the Canadians wearing blue, but now that I saw them in action, I mean, they're gorgeous. They are just gorgeous. One of the nicest uh, designs in the league right now. Go get yours at tricolosball.com. It is available right now uh, while supplies last. So that's tricolosball.com for the new gorgeous reverse jerseys. All right, we'd like to welcome to the show Jordan Harris, a Canadian's third-round pick, alternate captain at Northeastern, who's off to a great start in his NCAA season. Welcome to the show, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. All right, I need you to describe yourself as a player for those that haven't had a chance to watch you play at Northeastern. And if you haven't had a chance, go watch them because it's pretty fun. But can you describe yourself uh, as a player on the ice? Yeah, I'd say more of a modern-style defenseman. Um, I'd say two-way. I like to use my, my skating, my mobility to to end plays quickly in the defensive zone and transition puck quickly uh, up the ice and then follow the play up. Uh, and, I mean, offensively, just be the second wave and get pucks on that and contribute offensively. So more of a two-way uh, mobile defenseman. That's one thing I've noticed in your game this year. You talk about the offense. I don't, I, I, like, I'd like to get your opinion on it. I don't think it was necessarily gone from your game in previous years, but I feel like there's a little more confidence, a little more poise in your game this year. Is that something you focused on? Yeah, definitely. I, I worked a lot over the summer, just on little things in my shot and in my skill. Um, and I think just being a captain in my third year, just that comfort level, um, that comes from the coaches, I think, I think it's come a long way since my freshman year. Let, let, let's talk about your coach a little bit. Um, Jim Madigan, big, big fan of yours, uh, which is good to hear. I mean, and we could tell, right? He plays you, what, 45 minutes a game or, or something along there? <laughs> Maybe a little less, yeah. I feel like it's 45 minutes a game, which is great for us because we get to watch you more often. But I'd like to read a quote from Jim Madigan uh, before the season started. So <clears throat> he constantly pushes for more. And that's why he's such a well-rounded player at a high level too. This doesn't mean he's just average everywhere. He excels at everything he does. We're excited he's coming back because he brings so much to our team offensively and defensively. His skating is already NHL level right now. And I believe he has what it takes to become a good NHLer. What's your reaction to that quote? Yeah, I mean, it's honestly humbling. He, he's, I mean, he's just a scout. He's been a college coach for a long time now. And um, he's coached a lot of good players. So it's, it's um, an honor to hear that from him. What's your relationship with him? Because I know, you know, coaches aren't there to be your best friend. They're there to be motivators too, but they can be as kind of a mentor. So what's your relationship with your coach at the Northeastern? It's pretty casual. I mean, he, he gets on us and he, and he wants us to get better and he pushes us like, like any good coach does. And, um, but he's a great guy. He's very easy to talk to and um, he's pretty charismatic and likes to joke around. So uh, we have a good relationship. He has a great relationship with all the kids. Does he prank you? What, 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 give me an example. How does he like to, to joke around? It's not one of those like you're cut. I'm just joking. You're not cut. Like how does he? How does he mess around with you guys? No, he he doesn't play games like that. But like <laughs> like for Christmas, we had to be here for quarantine. Um, everyone stayed on campus, and we had a meal in the lobby of the rink. And he came out dressed in a in a big Santa suit and, and gave out like we got sandals, like team sandals and stuff like that. Um, so just little stuff like that. Like he likes to keep it light and and fun around the rink. That's interesting because obviously, you know, the NCAA is a different development path from some other leagues. And we'll get into that a little more detail, but uh, a little later in the episode, but 
this has been a different year. So how has the relationship been with your, with your teammates? Uh, has it been tough? Has it been easier? How has that developed throughout this whole, obviously, you know, the ever-changing landscape of sports? Yeah, it's really a unique year. And I feel for, honestly, some of the younger guys, like it's so different for the, one of my roommates is a freshman. And I'm like, dude, you, it's, this is not how it usually is, you know? Um, but I'd say at the beginning of the year, it was tougher to, to form relationships because we couldn't really like spend time outside the rink together, or, like, go to class or anything together. And so it took a little bit to kind of know guys and, and become tight knit as a group. But um, at the rink is kind of where we've been able to form those bonds. Did you give any advice to your, who was your, who's your roommate? Uh, Steven Agro Jones. Did you give him any advice yet? Um, I don't know. Do what I do. Is that, is that good advice or? <laughs> no. He, uh, he's been actually, he's picked things up really quickly. And I honestly just told him, Hey, if you have any questions, I'm here. Um, but he's been great. He's, he's been soaking everything up. All right. I'd like to read another quote because I like embarrassing players with, with complimenting them. And I know oh. hockey players don't love hearing this. They, they get a little, you know, a little flush, but this was a really important quote to me again, coming from your coach. He's really intelligent. He reads the place so well. Our sport isn't like other sports where you can diagram every play. You have to be able to think quickly as a coach. When you have players with hockey sense, you have to let them play. This was in response to me asking him, I've noticed you attack the rush a lot. So when the rush is coming towards you, instead of collapsing, oftentimes you'll attack the rush. I asked him, how do you trust your player doing that? So I need, he told me it's because you're so intelligent. Is intelligence your greatest asset? I don't know, but I, I take a lot of pride in it, honestly. And, and I try to watch, I mean, as much NHL hockey as I can. And like, I'll rewatch our, our games afterwards. And so it's something that um, I try to work on. Honestly, I think it's, I think it's an incredibly important tool of the game and, just like, I mean, you work on the shooting, just like you work on your stick handling. I think it's another thing that, that you can get better at. And um, again, I think it's something that has grown along with the rest of my game. Well, let's speak of that because earlier in the season, before the season got going, I was asking you the advantage of the NCAA and you said, essentially, it gives us time, you know, to, to develop. Now you're in your third year. Um, you know, you're, you're essentially a veteran. Uh, you're obviously a key part of your team. What has been the biggest lesson for you in your three years uh, in, in the NCAA? It's a good question. I mean, honestly, just playing kind of an older style of hockey and, and making sure you're honing on those little details, like the, like your body positioning and say like hitting guys before you even get to the puck or just little stuff like that. Um, I mean, coming from, from prep school, you can, the, the speed wasn't there, the physicality wasn't there, and, and uh, you can mostly just, just skate around guys, you know? Um, because you were better, you were a better player, so you could just get away with your skill, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, but college, I mean, everyone's a everyone's a good player, and um, the NHL and the, and pro hockey, I mean, it's even that tight of um, competition. And so, um, just those little details and making sure that every puck matters, every shift matters. Um, when I was speaking to one of your teammates, uh, he was telling me that you know, prep school or USHL, like there's not a lot of X's and O's and then you get into college and it's like, Oh God, there's strategy here. Was that kind of the same thing that you learned when you got there? Like, Oh, whoops, there's actually strategy involved in this. Exactly. And it, it took, honestly, it took half a year plus just to get used to the systems. And because I mean, in high school, we didn't really have much. We had a couple of face-off plays and, and stuff like that, but our coach just let us play in here. Like we have systems, we have a D zone, we have neutral zone plays. We like to run in, in the, um, offensive zone plays and um we really play we 
have an identity, you know, as a group. And um, that took a little bit to get used to. One of the identities I feel from your group is that there's a lot of offense coming from the back end. Um, there are two key Canadian prospects there. Everyone knows who they are. Is that part of the plan? Is that like to the offense coming from the back end or is it just kind of how, you know, because it, it takes a lot of confidence in your coach for the offense to come from the back end. And with you guys, I believe two of your top three scorers are defensemen. So um, is that part of the plan? Are you happy with the way that's running? Are the forwards okay with it? You know, do they want more ice time, more attention or how does that all work? Yeah, I hope the forwards are okay with it. Uh, but it's something we talk about a lot, especially um, with our coaching staff. Like in practice, we'll, we'll have a part of the drill where defensemen get their, like a shot on that or defensemen have to regroup and then they play a quick two-on-one two on offense. So it's something that we talk about a lot and it's something that I feel like the coaches look for when they're recruiting. They want not just a defensive defenseman, you know, you want – and even if they are kind of stay-at-home demon, they want defensemen that can make plays also. It's something that we harp on. Let's talk about that. The whole, because since you started playing hockey, the idea of a defenseman changed a little bit, right? Like now you have to be mobile. You have to be that hybrid that we all talk about, you know, like the Drew Doughty model that is essentially is one of the first. And now it's, well, actually we can go back to Bobby Orr and then Doug Harvey before that. But now it's really like, now it's very, very crucial. So how do you adapt to that? Like, are you... You know, the idea of a defensive defenseman is very rare nowadays. Are you aware of what it takes to get the NHL? Or are you just kind of focusing on your own thing and hoping that it'll work out in the long run? Yeah, I mean, you really do try to focus on, like, where you're at. Like, I really try to focus on getting better here, getting better every day in practice here in Northeastern. Um, my ultimate goal is to play in the NHL. It's always been my dream. And I try to, again, like, watch as many NHL defensemen as I can, like, you see the new age, like the Miro Heiskin and guys like that who, who are just, they step in the league and they're, they're studs right away. And, um, you see kind of how the game's evolving and, and the mobility and the, um, the defense will be able to play both sides of the puck. Did you get a chance to see Miro Heiskinen's first shift in the NHL? Crazy. <laughs> For those that didn't see it, I mean, he grabbed the puck. He basically like stutter stepped a couple guys, shot on net, recovered the puck, broke up a play in the in the neutral zone, broke up a play in the defensive zone, grabbed the puck, deke three other guys. So is that what your first shift in the NHL is going to look like? Or I mean, I hope so. I, <laughs> I'm not sure about that one, but yeah, it's just the confidence and then the poise and the skating. And it's just, it's crazy to see how, how the game is developing. We'll be back in just one moment. Our guest, Canadians prospect, Jordan Harris. History in the Making is brought to you by Tecados Ball, Montreal's official team store. From lifestyle brands to jerseys and beyond, Tecados Ball has a style for every sports fan in your life. Head to tecadosball.com and use coupon code HISTORYCH10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. Visit tecadosball.com today. Okay, so we talked about this earlier, um, Jordan, is, is your penchant for disrupting the play. Uh, obviously, you know, back in, in, in the 80s, when the rush was coming, you collapsed. That was it. That was all you collapsed. There was no gap control, no, no gap control whatsoever. Now we're seeing again, going back to the hybrid guys are attacking the rush when it comes to you. How do you make that decision? Is that an instinct thing? Or is it a, like, I'm evaluating and thinking, okay, it's the time to break this up because if you miss, you look really bad. Right? So how does the thought process happen when there's guys coming down towards you on the ice? Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time when I, when I see like a group of fours coming at me and say, say like one of them changes or two of them changes and there's one guy alone that's when I try to forward skate or or honestly before they even pick up the puck I'd like to do us more too is 
like start forward skating and then gap up and then start like forward skate first and then gap up and skate to back. Produce, yeah. Yeah, and, and the speed of play now, especially you see in the NHL is so quick and so you really have to have that tight gap. And I mean, if you're back, they're just going to blow right by you. And so um, it's tough. It's it's a read. You have to read, I mean, what players you have in your team back for support and um, kind of hopefully take a good angle. What does it make you, how do you feel when you hear that your coach is fine with that? Because a lot of coaches would not be fine with their defensemen just kind of, even if they're last back, your coach said he has absolutely no issue with you doing that. How, how much does that help having the full confidence of your coach? Yeah, it means a lot. And um, whenever you have that confidence, it gives you more confidence. I mean, to make plays and, and play the game that um, you see fit. And um, it, it's really important as a D-man, especially um, to have that comments from your coach. Have you ever been burned? Have you ever had a guy that like just blew right past you and you looked really bad? I'm sure it's I'm, happened, right? I'm sure at some point. But um, you've already clearly you know, repressed that memory, so that's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. you try to put it in the back of your mind. What's the NC? Because one of the things I find fascinating up here in Canada, we don't really do the whole college living in dorms for many, many years thing. So can you describe what it's like to be a student athlete? What values does it instill? What advantages does it present? What's the toughest? What disadvantages? How, what's it like being an NCAA athlete? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, going off to prep school. Like, I live by myself in a dorm there. And, um, then moving in, that transition actually helped moving into college. And it, it's tough. I mean, your time management has to be really good. And right. as much as you would like to spend all your time at the rink and, and working on your game, you have to make time for, for your studies and getting your homework done and make sure you're going to study hall. And so you really have to prioritize your time. And, and um, it's a full commitment to not only hockey, but also the classroom. Sounds a lot like what you learn when you first get to the pros. So it seems like it's a huge step up in terms of not, not, not just off ice and on ice, like off ice preparation too. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, um, just making sure you're getting that preparation done and, and setting that time and having a set schedule. I feel like, um, that's one of the big benefits of going to college and learning that early on so that when you have more time as a pro, um, you kind of you know that you need to prioritize your time and set that schedule. All right, let's talk about the off-ice. How good of a cook are you? Are you a good cook? Pretty good, yeah. I don't know I don't know if my roommates would agree, but I think I'm pretty good. Well, it depends. Do you have a lot of leftovers in the fridge? or Because if they're not going after your leftovers, I think you have your answer there. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it's weird because you'd think like we'd cook just one big meal for the room, but everyone's kind of on different time schedules. So we all kind of cook our own meals, but okay, uh, so is it all chicken breasts or chicken breasts and pasta or what? <laughs> I try not to do that. I try to change it up. I do a lot of steak, a lot of salmon, um, some like chicken sauce or stuff like that. So I try to switch it up. Okay. Because most guys I know I'm like, do you cook? They're like, yeah, yeah. I do a nice plain chicken breast. I'm like, yeah. that's not cooking guys. It's that's just, so quick. yeah. All right. So you do know how to put a little bit of spice on your chicken. That's good. Um, what's been your, your biggest learning moment in the NCAA? Your biggest like, wow, okay, I'm going to have to adapt. I know you've been in here for a while now, but I'm sure you have some stories of some things that shocked you or, or that you found funny uh, throughout your NCAA career. Oh, that's a good question. I'd say freshman year, um, we had St. Cloud State come in when, when Paling was playing for them, actually. Mm -hmm. um, their second team in the country. And we came in, I think it was my third game, maybe, for Northeastern. Okay. And, like, you step out on the ice and the whole rink's packed. Like, I'm pretty sure Mr. Bergman was there, a couple other um, people from the Canadian staff. And it was just like, whoa, like, 
this is definitely a step up. And it was a great game. We ended up beating them actually two to one at home. And um, that was like, wow, this is this is really cool. Did you ever face Paling one on one? I did not. No, thankfully, I don't think. Now you talk about that being packed. Does that, cause obviously it's not just the logo that's similar in that story with St. Cloud. Um, you know, the Canadians arena, not right now is usually packed. Do you ever, you, you say you watch a lot of NHL. Did you ever watch like old Canadians games with all the fans there? And if so, do you kind of picture yourself at the bell center surrounded by 22,000 crazy fans? Yeah, I didn't. I honestly didn't watch many of Montreal's games growing up, but I've heard so many stories of players like, yeah, like, Montreal's the best place to play. They say it's like nothing else. Um, I've heard nothing but but great things. I've talked to Caden um, Primo. He said, I mean, everything's first class. He said it's, oh, yeah. it's like nothing else. And, um, and so I, it's a dream, a dream to uh, to play for them and, and put on this sweater um, for such a I mean, historical team. Did you get a chance? I'm trying to think right now. You played one year with Caden then, right? Yeah. My Your first, first year, right? Can you, what do you think makes Ken, uh, Ken Primo such a good goalie? Or not a good goalie? I mean, now's your chance to take a shot at him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're doing all right. Um, he's such a rock back there. I mean, he's so level headed, even off the ice. I mean, he has a great sense of humor and personality, but he's so calm back there. Like you have, you have the puck on your stick, and I don't know, maybe you turn over and you have complete confidence in him um, back there. So it gives you more confidence as a player. Um, just Which is huge as a defenseman, save. right? Like huge, and uh, just the timely saves, the athleticism. Uh, I mean, can't say enough good things. Would you score breakaway? Your breakaway. There's no one around you. Are you scoring on Caden? Uh, maybe a couple of times. Yeah, depends how many I take. <laughs> All right. So not not so like three out of seven. Okay, I get that. All right, fair enough. Can you describe Jaden Struble, who I, I don't think you guys play a ton like together on the same pairing, but I knew you obviously know each other. You're both Canadians prospects. Can you describe him as a player? What makes uh Jaden Struble such a good player? Yeah, I think I mean, first off, the I think the most obvious obvious thing is just I mean, his athleticism, his power and um his ability to skate and, and just the explosiveness, you know, and uh, but he's also an intelligent player. Like he gets the pucks quickly and he kills plays quickly on the defensive end, and, um, and he's not afraid to take care of the puck up off ice. And um, he has a skill to make that first guy miss, and then and then join the rush and offensively and get pucks to the net. And um, he's definitely a, a great player and a, and a well-rounded player. Who would you be able to beat him one on one? Yeah, we we have some battles in practice. Like we go at it pretty hard. Who ends up winning most of the battles? I'd say me, but I don't, I don't know if he'd agree with that. Is he going to say him, though? Yeah, he's definitely going to say him. Do you guys ever, because I know, like, I'm trying to put myself in your, your feed. Do you guys ever kind of picture and be like, hey, man, at one point we could both be on the blue line in the NHL together on the same team? Like, does that ever, or, or are you just focused on the task at hand right now? Um, I mean, we honestly don't even talk about that much. I think it's it's kind of one of those unspoken things that if it works out, I mean, that would be, dream come true and, and hopefully it does work out one day but um we don't really talk about it too much we kind of just focus on what we have to do here and um but yeah it, it would it would be really special now you're coming towards the end of your third season in the ncaa there's always the option to return we don't know the future but do you feel a lot of people say that you're nhl ready do you feel like your skill set right now is at the point that it could translate not necessarily to the nhl let's just say professional hockey would you be 
confident next season jumping into professional hockey without you know revealing what the future lies ahead how do you feel about your current skill set yeah i have a i have a lot of confidence in, in my ability to translate um to pro hockey especially as the way the game's going mm-hmm. uh, i definitely think there's a lot of stuff i want to work on still and that i need to work on and um, i'm gonna keep i mean hammering all those details but yeah, I, I do have a lot of confidence in my ability uh, to translate professionally have you heard the stories about Joel Bouchard yet in the AHL about their AHL coach? I have, yeah, and, and we, um, I've been lucky enough to work with them at development camp. He he ran a bunch of their practices there. Um, I heard he, he's tough about guys, but uh, I've heard very good things about him. Now let's talk about that. How does a coach find that line between tough on guys and just being like a like a jerk there? You know what I mean? Because Bouchard tends to find that line. You don't want them being best friends, but you don't want them being cops either, you know, in the sense of just always punishing you. Um, how does a coach connect to players nowadays? I think it's tough. I think it's definitely a line that it's hard to find that, that middle ground. And I mean, that's what the best coaches are able to do is, is push guys, but also make sure they have those good relationships and don't kind of push them too far, you know? Um, but it's tough. And I mean, I'm fortunate enough. Our coaches here do, do a great job of that. Uh, but it is a tough line. How active are the Canadians in your development? How many phone calls do you get? What type of conversation goes on during those phone calls? Can you just kind of give me an idea of, you know, the contact throughout the year with the Canadians? Yeah, we don't talk I mean, too often. I think, uh, like I'll talk to Mr. Ramage and Mr. Bouillon. And, um, they'll reach out and be like, hey, how's it going? They'll check in. Be like, we've been watching. Um, here are a couple of things we yeah, maybe like you think it'd be good for you to work on. But they honestly leave a lot of the coaching up to our coaches and, and try not to get too much in the middle. Um, but they definitely check in and it's nice to hear from them. So it's more of a mentorship than a like, I was going to say dictatorship. That's not the right word, but it's more of a like, hey, if there's any issue, let us know than a, than a hey, we need you playing more minutes or anything like that, right? They're not. Exactly. It's like we're here. I mean, if you need anything, reach out. Um, if you need anything from our, from our staff, like the doctors or anything like that, second, uh, second opinion, anything like that, they're there, but, um, yeah, they, they really leave a lot of the, the hockey stuff to our coaches. One next thing. So can you tell it, do you, have you decided next year what the game plan is or again, cause I know, you know, it depends on how the season unfolds and all that, but have you, have you made your decision yet about where you're going to play next year? No, I haven't. And again, it depends on a lot. And, yeah. uh, my I mean, my obviously his goal is to play in the NHL and that's always been my dream. And, um, but I think that's a decision that we'll make after the season. I have to tell you my coaches and my parents. Um, Fair enough. So you can't predict the future. I was hoping you could. Okay. Uh, let's do some quick hits here. Which player do you model your game on? Which player is like your ideal player past or present in the NHL? I say, I mean, I really like Mira Heiss and I, I think he, he does. I mean, a lot of great things and he's a player I've, I've really been drawn to lately. Just as his execution with the puck is. <laughs> I've never seen a rookie come in and be so confident with the puck, which reminds me a lot of you when you have the puck. Okay. So um, who would be your ideal defensive partner? Again, retired, past or present, who would be your ideal defensive partner? It's a good question. Um, I really do like, I mean, I love what I've been seeing from, I mean, Shea Weber, I've been able to, to watch the games. Shea Weber, I mean, Jeff Petrie's been doing fantastic mm-hmm. this year. So, I mean, any solid varieties like that who are, who are obviously at the top of their game and, and great players in themselves. 
which forward would you like to face the least? Like I'm talking the forward that when you see him start streaking down the ice, you'd be like, uh oh, like, oh my God, like here we go again. You know, which which player would instill that fear of God in you? I I think you have to say McDavid. I mean, right? <laughs> defenseman looks silly. Like, like and they're very good defensemen good, too. Very very good defenseman. He just turns them or, or stops on a dime and cuts back. So um, I think you have to go with him. So how do you stop him? Do you just cheat? I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. <laughs> just hope that you don't have to face yeah, McDavid too often. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but really, really. Who is your favorite goaltender in the NHL not named Carey Price? I, I grew up on Tuka Rask. I have to go Tuka Rask. Yeah. Just being, I mean, from Boston and growing up. Yeah. Boston, yeah. I think I have to go with him. So that means you were a Boston <coughs> Bruins fan growing up then, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and your whole family too up. then, right? I mean, yeah, we, we grew up watching them and um, <laughs> we went to games as kids. And so I really looked up to them as players. And um, yeah. So what was the reaction when you told your family, like, by the way, I got drafted by the, by the Habs, you know, yeah. like. It was a running joke for probably, I don't know, months from everyone, like everyone from my city and my family and stuff like that. But now you are a big house fan, right? Of course. Of course. And you've renounced. The Boston Bruins, right? Yes, of course. <laughs> these are important things. We have to get through these. Okay. And uh, if you could pick the brain, like just sit down for a discussion, a dinner with any player in the past or the future, who would it be? I'd probably say Nick Lidstrom. <sighs> because, I mean, like he was never the fastest guy, never the hardest shot, but just the way he thought the game and, and the way he dissected plays and read plays. I mean, it's just... I watch countless highlights and clips of him and it's it's really amazing the old guys won't li- love this and i'm not saying or harvey but in my opinion nick lidstrom is probably the greatest player that's ever played because he played that modern style 20 years before anyone right okay and finally who's the better player you or Jaden? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i have to go with myself here he's a great player but i you have to go with yourself Good. Okay. Perfect. And then he's going to say you, and now you're going to look bad because you didn't do the humble approach there. So I'm just honestly, you know. yeah, if he does that, then I'll look really bad. But, <laughs> uh, he's a fantastic player. Perfect. Thank you so much, uh, Jordan, for joining us. I really appreciate it. I know Habs fans are super excited. You're part of that new, you know, that that, that hybrid style. And I know they're excited to see you get going in the NHL. Obviously, uh, the NCAA is a priority right now. And I do thank you so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. All right. That's it for this week. Uh, A big thank you to Jordan Harris. That was really fun uh, to hear him, you know, humble young man. But also he knows that he's got that talent. He's that new hybrid style defenseman that you're going to see a lot more of in the NHL. These are guys that are evaluating the NHL early in their career to to realize, like, I have to take a next step up. Which one of my skills will translate to the NHL? And I think that's just a huge sign of intelligence, foresight. And that's something the Canadians put a focus on when they draft. They like young, intelligent men. Jordan Harris obviously fits the bill, not to mention He's pretty darn good at playing hockey. Uh, one of the most exciting prospects outside of the NHL right now. So a big thank you to Jordan Harris. Thank you to you guys once again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and all those other stuff that uh, people say when they're on podcasts. Or send me your comments. I love hearing from you guys. You can always send me a direct message on Twitter. As always, next week, we're jumping in French. So la semaine prochaine, ça va être le balado. L'histoire s'écrit. Euh, chaque semaine, on va anglais-français. Donc la semaine prochaine, c'est en français. 
thank you so much for listening guys as per usual send me any of your comments and uh you know we really we're doing this podcast for you so we want to do it exactly like you guys like uh and we want to hear from you so don't hesitate to reach out have a great day go habs go Thank you.